Thank you, Will. Beautiful. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church on this fifth Sunday after Pentecost. My name is Uyan Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather to worship and praise our God together. Wherever you may be joining us, we welcome you, especially if you're a first-time visitor or relatively new to our church. Please let us know of who you are and how can be in connection with you. There's a hospitality pad at the end of your pews. There's also a QR code at the back of your bulletin. For those of us online, there's a virtual hospitality link that you can click on. Let us know of how we can be in touch with you to pray with you and to share the ministries of our church. It is good that we are here. I'm so grateful to be joined by my friend and colleague, Pastor Nathan. What else should we know today? Yeah, we've got a lot to know about, a lot to grow into as we continue this journey in our faith as disciples. You'll find all those in your bulletin, too, to highlight this morning is... July 11th at 7 p.m. We're going to have a women's gathering. You can reach out to Pastor Jessica for more information on that. Be a good time to meet some new women um, in the church. You guys can grow together and serve together for the sake of the ministries. And then the other one I want to lift up to you, I know it feels like Christmas to you right now. It's nice and cool. It's refreshing. There's a breeze happening. Um, but what is really happening is our collection for the month of July is Merry Market. This is our empowerment ministry. You buy some Christmas gifts for kids with our partner agencies, and the families are able to buy them at a reduced rate so that they can offer a Christmas to their kids. So look into that. It's on our website, Merry Midsummer Market. It'd be a great way to connect the life of our church. Now let us continue our time of worship.
Let us continue to praise God by affirming our faith with the Apostles' Creed, which can be found in your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. For thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now let us join our hearts and our voices together as we offer our prayer of confession. Holy God, breathe new life into us. Where there is idleness, inspire growth. Where there is distraction, guide us toward you. Where there is bitterness, shower us with grace. May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. Hear the good news that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is Genesis, chapter 22, beginning with the first verse. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here am I. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering upon one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his ass, and took two of his young men with him, and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering, and arose, and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the ass. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. 
Then Abraham put forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. He said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide. As it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I get permissions from my children now to share their stories from the pulpit because they're getting older and they, uh, they know what's going on. Uh, my son, as he was finishing off his third grade just a few weeks ago, I don't know what spurred this moment, but I sat him down and I got on my knees and I kind of told him, uh, there'll come a time when you will no longer want to hang out with your dad as you get older. I remember that I will always love you even when you don't want to be around me, it's okay. I will always be here. I love you still. Thought that was a good thing to say. A few days later, uh, we're at dinner, all uh, four of us, the entire family is gathered around the dinner table, and Joel started crying. And he said, Daddy, I don't want to grow up because I don't want to hang out with my friends more than spending time with you. This was a few days before... The Father's Day, I'll, I took the early Father's Day present. My wife got pretty upset. Why would you say that to such a boy? He's all emotional. I thought I was preparing him for the future. Can you imagine how much Abraham loves his son, Isaac? He's 75 when he's called upon God to leave everything he's ever known to a land that he's never been. He's promised by God that he will be a father of a nation, yet he has zero heir, not a single child. It takes a quarter of a century, additional 25 years, when he's 100 years old, when Isaac is born. Can you imagine how much Abraham loves his son? Yet here we are in Genesis chapter 22. It begins with, after these things, God tested Abraham. What sort of test? Akedah. That's a Hebrew word for binding. Binding of Isaac. Sacrifice of Isaac. Did you hear what Wit read from Genesis 22? Lord God says, Abraham, take your son, your only son, your beloved son, and sacrifice him. So here's a question. Why would the ancient writers leave this story in? Did you ever wonder that? We can't make sense of this story. We can't comprehend this. It goes against our sensibilities. It does not conform to our expectations. How can God ask of such a thing to sacrifice Isaac, the summation of all of God's promises to Abraham after 100 years? How can God ask such a thing? Surely 
the ancient writers knew that upon reading such a passage, you and I, we would be offended, that we would be tempted to perhaps seek other gods that are more palatable to our liking. But we are not given any explanation to Akida. As an Edinburgh pastor from the late 1800s, Alexander White, he does not try to moralize or psychologize the binding of Isaac. He writes, I do not understand this dark dispensation of God. All is dark. It's midnight to me. So before we can even begin to comprehend or contemplate the binding of Isaac, we must first look at Abraham and his faith. Abraham comes to us not as somebody that we can learn faith as if it's a doctrine to be taught, but rather Abraham shows faith as something to live. Faith is something that we inhabit as a way of being. This is a story of a man who obeyed God to leave everything, everyone, to a place he's never been. Uh, this is a story of a man who obeys God about the things that he cannot control. This is a man who obeys God, a very God whom he cannot see. Abraham is a witness that when we engage in faith, we give up control. Faith means to choose to live a life apart from only relying on hard-earned empirical evidence as impressive and glorious as these things may be, but instead we choose to live a life embracing the mystery. We enter the life we do no longer attempt to dictate our own lives. We enter this life where we no longer attempt to dictate the lives of others. But instead, we choose to receive this life as it comes, as a gift. Stories of Abraham's life and his faith, it goes against the self-narratives of our world. Self-help, self-improvement, self-health, self-discipline, self-care, self, 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 so much self must be let go. These things goes out the window, for these things are co commercial at best and destructive most of the time. This kind of life that Abraham lives and gives witness to requires considerable risk. But when we live such a life, it enables us to inhabit a new reality previously unperceived. You know, Abraham, uh, as we learn in Sunday school, is a father of faith, we're told. In considering that Abraham is the father of faith, we're told so little about him. Such remarkable little details. Over a span of 175 years of life lived, we're told 17 stories. It's as if the Bible is warning us not to try to copy another person's faith, to duplicate somebody else's journey, for each of our faith journeys unique. 
and God is with us still. Eugene Peterson, whose work has really illuminated my understanding of Akidah, he writes these words, today faith is often cliched into a feeling or illusion or a disposition of a wish upward. An inclination easily disappear by a gust of wind or a distraction of a pretty face. So a way of faith requires a repeated testing so that we can discern whether we are dealing with a living God or some fantasy that we cooked up in our melting pot of lust and anger, envy and sloth, pride and greed. So we need testing. Testing of faith involves timely rescue from self-deceit, timely delusions from our self-delusions, timely deliverance from our self-delusions. And this test is conducted by means of sacrifice. Sacrifice exposes spiritual fantasy as a masquerade of faith. And with every sacrifice, there exists cleansing of the toxin of acquisition. We move from a life of getting replaced by a life of receiving. Receiving the promises. Receiving the covenant, receiving Isaac, receiving the ram in the thicket. American poet Jeannie Walker writes, sacrifice is as slow as a funeral procession in a rush hour traffic. A sort of word, other words pass honking. I'll say that again. Sacrifice is as slow as a funeral procession in a Charlotte rush hour traffic. A sort of word, other words, pass honking. Re re relinquishment is a prerequisite for fulfillment. Letting go of cramped self will allow space for God's expansive life of faith for you and for me in the church. Sacrifice is the only means of how faith can mature. There's no way about it. Sacrifice is the means of how faith, our faith, can mature. But sacrifice, here's the good news, sacrifice is not diminishment. It is not less joy. It does not result in less fulfillment. It does not result in less contentment. Instead, we receive so much more just in ways that we did not expect. There's no, need, there's no need to romanticize or be glib about sacrifice. The binding of Isaac Akidah stands as a rebuke and a protest against any kind of glib or romanticism when it comes to sacrifice. We need repeated reality checks in our lives. Are we using God? Where is God using us? Am I living under God's terms? Or am I constructing the very terms of my God? Do I serve God? Or are we simply consumers testing God to see if this God can be profitable commodity for our personal endeavors, conquests, 
So our faith needs testing. And here's the bad news. We cannot be trusted to test ourselves. We are too tempted by our self-interest and self-deceit. We are too devious to cook the books, to turn the details onto our favor, to twist the narratives in our own vision, to serve our illusions of greed, anger, tyranny, ambition, pride, and violence. Do we want a God in our own image? Or do we seek to live a life as creatures created in the image of God? The test will tell us. In the binding of Isaac, Akidah, we witness the truth that we must be the ones to be tied down so that we can be set free. To live our lives with faith, trusting in God without calculations. Eugene Peterson once again preaches, untested faith is nothing more than cultural cliche. Untested faith is nothing more than a cultural cliche. And to be sure, while Abraham is a veteran when it comes to sacrifice, he does not pass every test. He too fails, and at times fails spectacularly. He fails the test at Gaylord. He fails the test in Egypt. He fails the test with Sarah. He fails the test, as we heard preached last Sunday, with Hagar and Ishmael. But each test left Abraham with less of self and more of God, letting go of self-sovereignty so as to live one's life in God's sovereignty. And Abraham does this for 100 years. Maybe by now, Abraham knows to live trustingly. And so he goes on this three-day journey to Mount Moriah to do that which is unthinkable and unspeakable. There is remarkable similarities in Genesis chapter 12 where Abram is called to leave his home to that of Genesis chapter 22 when Abram, Abraham is asked by God to sacrifice Isaac. What is Abraham's response? He rose and he went. Faith means that we put our trust in God. Faith means that we put our trust in God. We trust God to work out our salvation. We don't know how. But we trust that God knows what God is doing and that God will work out our salvation. Mount Moriah is a centerpiece of faith that culminates in Jesus as he prays in Gethsemane. Not my will, but thine. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Friends, would you join me in a time of prayer? Almighty God, on this weekend when we are concentrating on celebrations of freedom and independence, we nonetheless proclaim that you rule all the peoples of the earth. You are a God of justice who gives us the freedom and the power to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. You call us to renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, to reject the evil powers of this world, to repent of our sins, for you are a God of mercy who forgives sin, who changes hearts, and who always, always, always loves us. For that justice, mercy, and unending love we give you all honor, glory, and praise. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God of peace, we confess that we are more ready to proclaim what we are against than to affirm what we are for. We would rather prove others wrong than to listen and learn and seek areas of unity. We would rather fight about what we believe than to share the good news. And we're more interested in asking you to support our actions than in finding your truth and following it. Oh God, forgive us, we pray. Save us from our contentious attitudes. Give us hearts of compassion and inclusion. Transform us more into Christ's likeness. Recenter us in you. Lead us in your way that the world might learn of you through us. Lord, in your mercy. Gentle shepherd, we have so much weighing on our hearts and minds. We worry about changes in rules and laws, and we are dismayed at the continued injustice and violence in our society and around the world. Our hearts are broken over the last 48 hours when in Wichita and Baltimore and Tulsa, two people have been killed and 40 people have been injured in senseless gun violence. We are sick at heart because not all your children live in safety or have enough to eat or even a place to sleep. And so we mourn with the families with all who are grieving the passing of a loved one. We ache for those who are ill. We cry for those who have lost hope. And we lift all these into the healing light of your presence, asking for your comfort and your healing and your strength, even as we name them before you now. Gentle Savior, even as we ask for your comfort and healing presence, we pray that you will use us to reach those in need. Lord, in your mercy. 
Generous God, we are grateful for so many of the blessings and the freedoms that we have, for life, liberty, and the ability to pursue happiness, all of which are gifts from you. Teach us to use our freedom not to protect and enrich ourselves, but rather to work for your kingdom in which all people are truly free. Lead us in your ways, eager to follow you, not because we are forced to do so, but because out of love and honor for you, we want to. And so we pray all of this in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, in case you hadn't noticed, summer is well and truly upon us. But here I am to tell you that you may be going on vacation, but the church does not go on vacation. We're here year-round. We're here every Sunday. We're here every week to minister to those in need in our community and around the world. And we're able to do that only because of your faithful generosity. So thank you very much.
Generous God, you have so bountifully blessed us. We have freely received, and now we freely give. Take our gifts, bless them, multiply them, and use them in your kingdom for your purposes, we pray. In Christ's name, amen.
friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, we offer ourselves freely for we have been so freely given. So may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore.